You're listening to Expansion, the podcast for EXP agents. Expand your skills, expand your value. Here's your host, Glenn Sanford. Welcome to Expansion, a podcast about personal and professional development at EXP Realty. I'm your host, Glenn Sanford, the founder of EXP, and each Tuesday and Thursday, I'll be talking to one of our icon agents about their careers, success, and ultimately what inspires them. Today, I'm excited to welcome Lee Tessier, owner of the Lee Tessier team. Welcome, Lee. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Hey, Lee. So, um, yeah, we were just chatting a little bit ago. Obviously, we got a chance to meet. Uh, I think you're just, uh, we were going to potentially see each other um, this week. Uh, there was an event in Nashville, and I think uh, you're just recovering from the uh, from the virus. Don't Probably don't even right. say what it is to where people know what I'm talking <laughs> about, but... Uh, Oh. Yeah, it's a shame. I got to, I got to see you virtually, but unfortunately, I didn't get to be there in person. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a good good event. In fact, uh, uh, we'll, maybe we'll even touch on that here in a bit. But um, you've been you, you're you're from uh, Baltimore, I think, and uh, and you've been been in real estate for for a few years. I, I read a number when I was kind of prepping for this um, that you've uh, you've sold over a billion dollars worth of real estate. Yep, I think we're working on like 1.2 right now. So, uh, you know, I've been in the business for about 16 years. We've been hovering in the 400 to 500 sales a year for the last six years. So, uh, like I said, been been around a couple of days at least. Yeah. Now, now is that, now I'm I'm assuming and that you've got uh, you've got a team and that this is uh, this this is uh, is not just you. What what does what does that all look like? So my team now, we have about, uh, we've expanded into three markets since we moved to EXP. So we added Florida, I'm in Naples and Marco Island, and actually we just hired another agent up towards Tampa. And uh, we cover Pennsylvania, but my main market is Baltimore and Hartford County. I'm in Hartford County, so I'm in Bel Air, Maryland. Uh, We have about 20 agents in Maryland. I have five in Pennsylvania now and three in Florida. And then we have about ten administrative assistants. So this year we're on track to about seven hundred sales. So where where am I uh, talking to you? Are uh, at? Are you in Florida? Are you in Baltimore? Where where are you at physically I'm, today? I'm unfortunately in the cold of Baltimore right now. It's thirty nine degrees versus you know eighty degrees in Florida. I would have much rather been there today. So, huh. but I'm in Baltimore. Okay, but you have a second home, I, I assume, down in uh, the Naples uh, Marco Island area. I do. Yeah, we bought there just before COVID hit. So we bought in February of 20. Dumb luck was able to buy a foreclosure in a neighborhood I stayed in. And, you know, everything's doubled down there since, you know, probably since COVID. Okay. Well, that so that's, uh, yeah, Florida, I think, has been really a big beneficiary of everybody moving around. And, and uh, have you made uh, that your primary residence yet? No, I probably got a few more years because of family. We got kids and grandkids. So I have... Uh, that goes back to passion. So I had my son when I was 16 years old. So I wasn't expecting to, that was a, a, not a rude awakening, but made me grow up a whole lot faster and work a whole hell of a lot harder. So I think that's kind of pushed me to get where I'm at. My son's going to be 32 in May. He just had his uh, first son. He just had a little boy the beginning of April. And then we have a, uh, his, his fiance has a 10-year-old girl. And then we have a, a nine-year-old grandson, which was the first one. And a two-year-old grandson. So, at forty-eight, I've got four grandkids. <laughs> so. oh, well, there, there you go. Well, you know, I think there's, there's, uh, there's definitely um, benefits to having a, a family young because you, 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 you're young and you get to 
experience them in a different way than if you started later on in life. So, um, so there's uh, there's definitely pluses and minuses to all that stuff, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, it was definitely a whole hell of a lot harder when I was young, but now that I'm a little older, definitely makes it easier to play with them and get around. And then, you know, when you do better in life, you have more to be able to give to them when you're, you know, versus when I was 16 and just trying to figure out life. Right. So now, um, now you've been, uh, you've been in real estate, you mentioned being hungry and you sounds like you've been in real estate for quite a bit of your professional career. Um, how did you, how did you choose real estate? What got you into the, into the business originally? So I started, I was in the car business. I worked with my dad when I was eight years old after school, summers and weekends, started running this car lot when I was 18. Uh, when I was 22, he wanted to retire. I was like, sell it. I'll go work for a new car dealership, work for them for one year, end up staying there for 10 years, manage for five. And during that period, I started buying investment properties in 2001 and two. By the time 05 came, the market escalated so much. We had sold one of our investment properties. We went in and you did a full flip, you know, flip, renovate and uh, sold it. So we bought it for 30, put 70 in it, sold it for 250. So we, you know, had a partner, each made about 70 grand. And that gave me my, my reserves to get into real estate. You know, I was, I was, uh, my wife stayed home with the three kids and I quit my job and went right into real estate full fledged with no safety net. All I had was my savings for that six months or so and got into real estate and sold 36 homes my first year. So mainly got in to renovate and that turned into a partner that wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. So then I just went after my database from the car business, ended up selling 36 homes, and then went to 46 and 64 and 79 and 92. And as then I started growing the team, then we you know, broke through the hundreds and then 200s, 300s, and 400s. So, so thir- 36, and uh, what was your, what's your average price point back in 2006? It was about 250. Two, 250? So I did... Uh, yeah, nine million my first year. Then I went to eleven million, then fifteen million, uh, and then twenty million. Yeah, well, that, uh, congratulations on that uh, that early success. So, uh, so was the first year, uh, first second year, you're you're probably this, uh, you know, maybe even making more than you were in the car business. Yeah, well, the first year because the first year I worked for actually a discount broker. Uh, it was a friend of a friend. I just ended up going into the business, and then I realized that wasn't for me. Went to Remax my second year, and then I started making decent money. I was, you know, you know, ninety five percent splits with some fees, and you know, it did uh, forty six deals. So I was about eleven million dollars, so and I was making a mo- little bit more than I was. But I was, I had a pretty good paying job when I was in the car business. I had benefits and you know, demo and gas card and stuff like that. So, to being that's all that I knew from being in the car business. So I was a kid to jump in into real estate, but you figure it out as an entrepreneur, you just start, you know, like if you're a hard worker, <clears throat> that came from my work ethics, working with my dad. I, my dad was always that, that grinder. Uh, he was never afraid to work and always instilled in me a great work ethic. So when I got in, I wasn't afraid to work, you know, half a day. So if you're working 12 hour days, it's only half a day, right? So that nine to nine, I was already doing it in the car business. So getting into real estate and putting those same efforts in, I was getting a much greater return. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, I, I, my, my phrase I'll say is, uh, there's 24 hours in a day and sometimes you have to work nights. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so, so now, now you're, you're, you've got, uh, you've got a team, um, you've got this team approach. How, how are you, how, how do you manage that team? I think you mentioned a pretty good size there in the Baltimore area. Um, how many, how, how many agents did you say? We have about 22 here in Maryland, okay. and then I have five more that are bordering in Pennsylvania. 
and then three more in Florida. So we're close to about 30 agents right now. This is the first year that we really actually went after growth. Uh, we always we always hovered around 13 to 15 agents. And then this past year, I was like, all right, we really need to bring more on because we know, like, say we had a, I had one of my top producing buyer agents that left a couple years ago. She was with me for nine years and she was doing about 12 to 15 million a year. And that walked out the door. And I was like, all right, well, if I, if I have more of the five to seven and $10 million producers, it just makes it a whole lot easier. So we've been going after, and my time spent more now training. So the more that I'm spending in the office is, you know, we do a Zoom meeting every morning. So uh, most of them are in, I'd say half are in the office and half are on by Zoom. So we're doing a role play and, you know, anything that I'm picking up that I'm, you know, either listening to a book or reading a book or got something from a conference, I'm bringing that data back to my team. So the more that can help them level up, the better off we are. And then we've also created for, we have a lot of senior agents, meaning they've been with us for more than five years and are producing a um, minimum on the buy side at 24 deals, actually 27 would be 110%. And then our listing agents are selling more than 40 a year. So they're giving back, meaning they're spending an hour training our newer agents every week. So we have four of them that are senior agents. So that's really helped take a little bit off of me and actually my son's my sales manager has been with me for 11 years on the team so the big thing is if we're spending our time back growing our agents um, let alone then I do some business coaching and then uh, flip properties and buy rental properties and so forth too okay well it it, it sounds like uh, you're you're still uh, still working uh, working a lot of a lot of hours keeping this uh, machine uh, moving and all the different things that you've got your fingers in. So what, what's your, like this week, um, we're, we're, you know, Thursday, um, when we're recording this, but what, uh, what one or two things did you sort of coach the team on? Is there a book you're reading? Um, obviously, I don't know if you pick some stuff up from the rate conference, what, uh, what sort of top of mind this week? So I have actually have a training again at noon. So we're using Bill Pipes, we coach with John Sheplack. So him and Verl Workman, so I have two business coaches. Um, so we're taking data constantly back and pouring into them. So today at noon is going to be our sales training with our team on Thursdays with Bill. Uh, and then other things I took out, I was like the radio and TV conference. So I bring back data to them. You know, we talk about remodeling and people having a hard time getting um materials you know so if they're updating a house and they're having a hard time getting a certain appliance or there's carpet or paint or whatever else this shortage of workers and the shortage of materials uh, one of the things i took out of this um, crabtree when he was talking about numbers and when he was looking at things is hey we're still going to have that shortage of workers for years to come because they were talking about household formations how they've dropped from 2.4 per year down to 1.7 so that's been you know a decade of that and then we have like China being on lockdown. So with that lockdown, and then we're getting, not getting as many materials made or importing stuff. So you're going to see more of this effects in three to four months. So, hey, if you guys think this is going to get better, more than likely it's not. The other thing is we're taking what we're hearing from our coaches across country because our market's a lagging market here in Baltimore. So we usually will see things maybe out, you know, California or the California, Florida, Arizona, Vegas, we're seeing things that are changing in different aspects where the market's starting to slow down, seeing price reduction, stuff of that sort. It's like, guys, be prepared. It's coming. It's not here yet. So making sure that they know what's coming forward. And, you know, so I was actually just at an event right before I'm jumping on this. That was a local event with agents. 
of, you know, what are they hearing in the market? What are they seeing? What, what's the feel? How are they handling offers with multiple offers? Who, how are they picking an offer? And sometimes it's just the agent chiming in the ear of the listing agent and being that one that keeps going back and trying to get the deal done. You know, one of our core values is grit. So you've got to be able to get knocked down nine times and get up for 10, 11, and 12 because it's coming. So just getting them the best prepared for what's happening in the market. Now, now you work a lot with, I think, with investors. I mean, is that is that a true statement? We probably do maybe 10% of our business from investors. So it's not a huge amount. But over the years, uh, uh, we've had, you know, I've had different investors that, that have done like 50 remodels with us and stuff like that. But right now, our market, I do a lot of uh, fix and flip. We'll do uh, like our own iBuyer because iBuyers is not here. So we offer an instant offer. We do offer a guaranteed sale. And um, and then we'll also do like a sell now, move later. In fact, I just had a call. It was random, 8 o'clock last night, and it was somebody from Tulsa, Oklahoma that found me for iBuyer. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure exactly how that happened. But, but So I end up connecting them with uh, Paul Wheeler that I know really well in Oklahoma. I was like, Tulsa, this is your neighborhood. You do a guarantee sale. This is what they need because they're buying new construction and they can't be contingent. So, hey, you can be that middleman to take that out. So always being the problem solver. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So, um, so, so you, you do, um, you've got, uh, your guaranteed sale program. Now, were you, uh, were you ever like a Craig Proctor guy? Is that uh, where that came from or where, where did you? No, I've been in Matt Wagner's, uh, radio and TV since 2010. So the guaranteed sale, I think came probably from Craig. So we just mimicked and copied, hey, rip off and duplicate what's working. So if we were seeing that that was working, so we started doing guaranteed sale back in 2010. And that's helped me build more of a portfolio for rentals and stuff of that as well. And then it gives us stuff that we can buy, fix up and sell and have inventory for our buyers as well. Okay. So you actually have actually bought some of the properties that that have went through that program uh, as well to kind of build your inventory? Correct. Yeah. Because this gives my agents an opportunity before they hit coming soon or anything else. Like, hey, if you have a buyer for it, great. If not, we're putting it on the market and this is what's coming up. So we just had one that we put on last Thursday. It's under contract um, pretty quickly. Unfortunately, we didn't have the buyer, but it gave my buyer agents opportunity to attract other buyers and so forth because we'll always hold open houses at them as well. Okay. Awesome. So now, um, obviously, you're coaching agents, you're, 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 you're um, you built a large team. You did, you're doing it in, in multiple markets. Um, you know, to, and so if you were to like maybe go back in time, um, would what would have you? Um, how would have you approached this differently, or how, how maybe if you were starting today, what would you do as an agent today if they were thinking about uh, either starting in real estate or starting a team? So lead with revenue. I worked through Workman Success too as a business coach. So I think that he, their one thing that they start out with is always leading with revenue. So you got to build the business and get some income coming in the door. So that means you have to sell. So get as many listings as you can, get signs in the yard, and then that's going to attract. And then number, you know, your first hire should always be an assistant and then start hiring agents after that. So I'd say I should have hired agents sooner. I didn't hire agents, and then I still never went after, as our team grew, we kept getting being stuck into 400 sale reigns, and I think it was not hiring enough and going after and attracting and recruiting agents to our team. So it was kind of who was referred to us, and then, hey, were they a great fit? We just had to not, I wasn't going after it enough now, before. So I would say hiring more, um, more often, and then also 
agents not being afraid of the phone. Pick up the phone and make calls because that makes that's what gets everything else moving. You've got to be outbound calling where so many of them either wait for a phone call or, hey, nothing's happening. You have to make it happen. If you're not going to make the phone ring, you have to make their phone ring to get leads to transfer, you know, referrals and so forth. Like when I got into the business, I just went through all of my people that I had sold cars to and said, all right, I want them to know that I'm in real estate. So they bought their second biggest purchase, which is a car. Now let's sell them the first biggest purchase of a home and, you know, just stay in front of them, but also do the small things for those clients to go a lot farther along setting expectations, giving them an idea of what's happening, whether what's going on in the markets to, hey, this is what's going to come down the road. But I think that picking up the phone is where everything starts and less people are answering the phone. So now you got to call, text, email. So it's a matter of call and text is what the best way to get a hold of them. So if you sent them a quick video text, say it's a lead or it's a past client, you gave them a, hey, it's, it's your birthday. I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday and sent them be different rather than just blending in with the herd. I've never been great at following the herd. I've always gone the opposite direction. So I think that everything comes from them picking up the phone. And it's still the, the, the number one case to get business is, you know, for us now is following up with past clients because our business, my own business is about 80% repeat referral, but my team business is about 60 to 65%. So, but it's us doing events, staying in front of the clients, just getting in contact with them and finding out what they need, not what we need. Um, so you're, you, you mentioned uh, a rate and being involved with Matt Wagner. Are you doing radio and TV? I am. Yep. So we've been using Matt since 2010. Okay, and, and how does that look? Uh, what, like, how, how many spots? What 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 do you budget? You know, obviously, you're doing a large business, uh, but uh, it, I I know I've heard you know uh, Jeff Willems talk about some of his budgets and stuff like that. Are you spending a lot there? Yeah, we're spending about twenty thousand a month. There's at a point that you have to watch the diminishing return. So we got up to about twenty eight thousand. And then we actually dialed it back. Our sweet spot seems to be about 20000 But as we go into other markets, then we'll probably get into radio in Pennsylvania since right now some of it carries over because uh, it's only 45 minutes from, where, from my office. But getting into Florida and so forth, those are different things that are branding that go such a long way, especially once you've established yourself in the business and get a name that this helps uh, get that out there so much faster. Oh, awesome. If, if, if an agent was... Thinking about uh, radio and TV, is there um, um, is there a point where it starts to make sense? Is it uh, is it something they should be thinking about the day they get in the business, assuming they have the budget? Where would you think that would play a play a role in their business? I would say they've got to probably be at the depending on sales price somewhere in the hundred units. We are doing, I guess, right around thirty five million or so in sales. You know, Matt had reached out to us, but you also have to establish your, yourself as the authority uh, in your business, in your area. So when you go in and you become that go-to for things, and now that you're you know, broadcasting that to a much larger audience, that helps. But you have, actually have to do the business. You can't be, I wouldn't say somebody brand new going out and you know, start advertising on the radio because you've got to make sure that you can take care of that client too. Make sure you're understanding the business, make sure you're doing deals. Um, so I'd say start there and then also make sure you have enough leverage because you can only do so many appointments yourself. I, I look back at 2013, I did about 138 sales myself out of 289 that we did as a team. I don't ever want to go there again. So now I hover somewhere in that 24 deals a year. I can do 24 to 30 deals pretty, you know, in my sleep for the most part. But now it's a matter of, you know, the, but going back to radio and TV, you have to establish yourself as the authority of 
being that person as I go to and then get that broadcast out. That's how I feel. You have to be in the business probably for a few years at least. Right. And, and I, I assume, and I use this term, uh, it's kind of a Michael Gerber uh, term, but you have to have a franchisable service model, I suspect, or a machine that really understands what the, what the process is and the stages of somebody you meet from somebody from a radio or TV commercial versus somebody that calls on a, on a, on a sign. Right. Yeah. And it starts cutting, you know, you have the compounding effect. So, you know, like Barbara Corcoran has been doing endorsement ads for us since 2014. And yeah, I get some people go saying to me recently, just like, Oh, I seen your ad on Fox news the other day. Well, I was like, yeah, we've been on, you know, for like eight, almost eight years now. And now you're, you know, so the iceberg, you know, people are just seeing the tip over the water, you know, over the water versus, hey, you've been building and building and building all these things that we've done for the years. It just takes time for some of it to show up and then it just becomes more consistent. But I would say just being consistent and persistent is one of my keys all through business, but also make sure you're giving a good message out there because a lot of people try to use radio and TV and aren't, aren't effective with it. Well, well Awesome. Well, well, Lee, let's uh, wrap today. I know we can keep on going. Um, I, you've got uh, some stuff you're working on. I've got some stuff I'm working on today. So, uh, But uh, it's been uh, great catching up. Um, are you going to be in uh, at Shareholders in June? Yes. Awesome. Well, I will uh, look forward and hopefully, uh, hopefully see you there um, and uh, uh, get a picture or, 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 uh, or, or spend a little time. I know we all have an, some icon uh, masterminds uh, there as well. But uh, – um, you know, first of all, everybody who's listening, you know, be sure to check out, uh, uh, Lee Tessier at, uh, Lee Tessier.com. Um, uh, do you have like some of your, your programs there, like your, your guaranteed sale programs and things like that on your website? We do. We have it all built into our website as well. So it just makes it a lot, a lot easier. We spend monthly time, like every month building on our website. So I'd say again, consistency. Awesome. You know, and, and that's the other thing, you know, uh, success leaves clues. A lot of times it's just, you know, poking around and seeing what people are doing, even, you know, on the web, re- watching their social, listening to, to things they're doing. And, and Lee, thanks for sort of being out there as a leader and uh, being transparent with us with stuff that you're doing and, and working on. So, uh, again, everybody uh, join us next time. And uh, until then, uh, take care. And again, thanks, Lee. Thanks, Glenn. Take care. You've been listening to Expansion. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday for new episodes. Thanks for being the best part of EXP.